0: Okay, good morning to everyone. Um, I know the uh, the slot was supposed to be filled by one of the great rabbis of Israel. Uh, instead you got me, but what can you do? That's the story of Purim Ben-Hapachu. Okay. Um, okay, so I, I'd like to speak in the, uh, in the time that we have together a little bit about... Uh, Making Purim into a very transformational day that will change your life forever, which it could, and it will, if it's done properly and understanding it properly. And this could be on many levels. I'll take one approach, but there, you know, as, as always, Kedar, Kedarka Torah, there are many, many approaches, uh, to the day. But I'd like just to present a little bit about, about Purim that will, uh, that perhaps, uh, will, will help us take this Purim, and make it into something which is, uh, life, life lasting. Okay. Um, I'll begin with a quote, with an, a very interesting thing that I saw in this Sefer Marachelev. It was on the shelf in the Ezra Nashim, and I was looking around yesterday thinking, what should we speak about? So I pulled a random, uh, Sefer off the shelf. I said, I've never seen this before. And it's about the Moabim Marachelev. is the Sefer written by Rabbi Moshe Schwab. It was the, Rosh, the Mashkiach in the Gateshead Yeshiva. Okay. So I said, let's see, let's, uh, so I, I rummaged through it a little bit and uh, and there I saw he asked a very interesting question which I never thought about before and I'll share it with you now. It goes like this. Um, the Okay, so we're holding in the month of Adar. Mishaniknas Adar Marvin Besimcha, and uh, we're holding a week from uh, Purim. But today is uh, Monday. Next Monday will be... Tan Saster, And then it will be Purim in, uh, outside of and uh, and then... On Tuesday, on Wednesday, there will be a Purim in Yerushalayim. Okay, that's nice. And this coming Shabbos will be Parshat Zachar. So, so like, we have our Adar, Mishnech Nas Adar Marvin Besimcha, and then this coming Shabbos will be the reading of Parshat Zachar. That's a very big milestone. And then we have Sunday. Sunday's a day off to get ready. Then we have Monday, which is Tanis Esther. And then Tuesday, Purim outside Yerushalayim. And then Wednesday, Purim in Yerushalayim. Amazing. Okay. Now, Mishnech Nas Adar. Marbim the Simcha. And we're supposed to have a lot of Simcha during this month. And, uh, whatever is, whatever the definition of Simcha is, as we'll speak about uh, coming up. The, so we have Simcha, and the Simcha should take us through other, and it's Marbim the Simcha, and every day should get more. The, the, the Mefarshim tell us. Every day, the greater Simcha. The more you get into other, the, the greater the Simcha. Okay? Very good, and then the Shabbos we'll zecher zecher Amalek. We're going to wipe out Amalek. That's that's all, That's a great event. Okay, so then we come to Monday. Monday is Tynus Esther, is the fast of Esther. So, what can I tell you? I, I've 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 grown up. I well, some people say I haven't, but the, I, I've grown up, and I've I've been doing uh, you know Kurim for many 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 years, and Tynus Esther for many many years. And uh, what is Titus Esther? So I, I, Titus Esther is part of the of the Purim package. Outside of Yerushalayim, in the way that, uh, I mean, I've been living in Yerushalayim for the past 22 years, but, um, you know, outside of Yerushalayim, in the way I grew up, so Titus Esther leads you straight into Purim, straight into Purim, and you're leading the Megillah, you know, after coming off of a, of a whole fast day. I, 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 never really thought about it until I opened up the Sefer, and, uh, and he raises the question, which is, well, what's that? Marvin Besimcha, Mishanich Lazare Besimcha, and we're going into Purim, and Purim is so happy, and, and all of, Tainus Esther, when we say, Avinu malkeinu, and we fast, and we take out the Torah of and it, it's, whoa, 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 wait a second, how does that fit in? How does Tainus Esther fit in? So the answer that I always had was, don't think about it. And, and you won't be bothered by this issue. Or, Tainus Esther, Tainus Esther, Tainus Esther. I don't know, what, what, why does it come here? I don't know. But it's, uh, it's Esther, and, and everyone loves Esther, and Esther is Purim and Purim, and so we have this fast date. But wait a second, how does the whole, whole idea of fasting fit in? Meaning, if it's Marvin and we're supposed to be celebrating, so so what's a fast day doing in the middle of it? Um, now, it is true that Tainus Esther... Like somebody was saying, it, Esther, that's that's the happy fast day, right? The happy fast day. So that's what that's another solution to the problem. We, you know, it's a fast day, but it's a happy fast day. So some people make it into a happy fast day, and they say that. Oh, oh so you don't really have to fast, right? Because it's a happy one. So I'm, I kid you not. Anyway, uh, but so what? What, what is Tinus Esther? Why is it called Tanna Esther? That was a question? <laughs> Sam? Because Esther fasted. That's what we all think. But it's not true. I mean, she did fast. I'm not saying... It is true, Esther fasted. And Tanis Esther, in Hebrew grammar, means the fast of Esther. But the reason why we fast on Yud Gimel of Adar, on the 13th of Adar, is not because of Esther. Okay? Don't say I never tell you anything. It's not because of Esther. It's true Esther fasted. When did Esther fast? On Pesach. On Pesach. So, she did not fast on the 13th of Adar. It's not a remembrance to the fast of Esther. What is it? So, the Mishiburah brings down, from earlier sources, that Tanis Esther, the reason why we fast on the 13th of Adar, is because the 13th of Adar was the day that the Jews went to battle against their enemies. They were given the permission to go battle, to wipe out Amalek. Now, would they be able to wipe out Amalek without davening to HaGadosh Baruch Hu and doing tshuva? No. Nope. They don't, we don't just go to battle. We go to battle with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We go to battle with Pitacon. We go to battle with Tfilah. We go to battle with Tshuva. And what's the greatest way of Tfilah and Tshuva? Through a fasting. And they probably fasted. So I don't know if the people who went out to battle fasted, or is it a great way to, to, to battle if you're fasting, or they didn't fast, but the people who stayed behind fasted. But whatever it is, they fasted on the 13th of Adar be, as a way of davening to HaKadosh Baruch and to do tshuva, to be able to be successful in their battle against the enemies in the uh, in all the kingdoms of Akashverosh. And we know that in Shushan they fought an extra day. So the 13th they fought, and the 14th they rested. And in Shushan they fought on the 13th and the 14th. And on the 15th they rested. But either way, there was a day of battle that they all went out to battle. And it can't be that they went out to battle without davening. Yeah? Like the famous joke. How do we know that Yaakov Avinu wore a strimal? Because it says, "Vayeta Yaakov mi Be'er Sheva. He left Be'er Sheva. Would he have left without a strimal? Okay. The, so, meaning, the point, like, the, the, the Jews fasted. How do I know they fasted? Because they went out to battle. Would they have gone out to battle without fasting? Of course not. So you see that the Jews fasted so because the Jews fasted on the 13th of Adar, that's why we are doing it. It's a remembrance, says the Mishabura, that a Hu listens to us and helps us in every single predicament and will help us as long as we turn to him, and as long as we do tshuva and as long as we say, You're a we need your help, then Hashem will help us. And that's why we fast. The fact that we call the Titus S, we're looking for a good name. And <laughs> that no, all joking aside. No, so Tinas Esther. So, so we got Esther in there because it is true. Esther also showed us that idea. She showed us that idea by fasting before going into Hashverosh, and everybody fasted along together with her. So that is why it's called the Tinas Esther because she fasted. But the reason why we fast is because the Jews were going out to battle on the thirteenth of Avada. Uh, of so now, so why do we fast? Uh, that doesn't fit into the theme of the month of Simcha. So you could say, okay, well, what do you well, what do you expect? The, you know, the, they were going out to battle, and they fasted, so we have to fast. So we now currently put Mishanichas Adar the Simcha on hold. On the 13th of Adar, you could say that. It, uh, the regularly scheduled Simcha program is uh, currently on hold. While we have this is while we show homage to the Esther and this religious thing called, you know, Davening and Shuva, okay, and we'll do that. And then we'll return to our regularly scheduled program. Does that seem, so Rav Moshe Shavab says that doesn't seem to be the, uh, the case. Every single aspect of other from the beginning to the end. Every single aspect of this is simcha, including Tainus Esther. Tainus Esther as well is a part of the simcha of Purim. Why is it so? So he says like this, um, Rav, okay, so we, we got the question, Tainus Esther is not a happy day. It is a, It's not a sad day, but it's a day of tshuva, it's a day of fasting. We're not happy, it's not a day of simcha. So how can Tainus Esther be part of the whole simcha process of the month of other? So again, you could choose not to think about it. You could choose to say that simcha is currently on hold for a day. Or you could choose to say a different approach, which is that the simcha of Purim includes Tainus Esther, and Tainus Esther is... A day of Simcha, it's part of the Simcha, even though it's a day of fasting, and a day of Bavina Malkeinu, and a day of vidui, and a day of, a day of, a day of, uh, of reading Vayachal from the Sefer Torah. How could that be so? So, uh, I believe we spoke, uh, I was given the great opportunity to speak here before, Slichos this year, on the first night of Slichos on Motei Shabbos. And at the time, uh, we spoke about the fact that we go into Slichos simcha. The simcha, Rabbi Kwas. It's it really, I really got it from my Rabbi Kwas. Rabbi Kwas has spoken about it a few years beforehand, and uh, the idea of starting on Motzei Shabbos that we go from Shabbos into Slichos and there's simcha over there. So the the point that we, that we focus on then is the fact that we begin Slichos with Ashrei. Why do we begin with Ashrei? Because we, like, it's like Mincha. Why do we begin Mincha? Why do we begin Mincha with Ashrei? So the Gemara says that we should go into davening, we should go into tefillah, we talk simcha. What's so, what's so happy about Ashray? So, <laughs> Rashi says, I could say, is there a good tune? Was there a, uh, is, w- w- what's so, what's so happy about Ashray? So, the, what's happy about Ashray, says Rashi is, cause at the end of the, this is Rashi, Mosef, his Brothers at the end of Ashray we say, get a load of this, Ritzon Yireyav Yaseh, the <inaudible> S Shavasam Yishmavi Yoshiyim, that a Baruch Hu does the will of those that fear him. And he will always help them. Then Shomer Hashem Eskolo Havav, Hashem guards and watches out and protects all those people who love him. Ah, that's Simcha. Meaning our idea of Simcha, whatever it is, uh, I don't think you would say Simcha is those last few Pesukim of Asherah. But Rashi is telling us that's because we don't really understand what Simcha is. Simcha is, You have Yeres Hashem, Hashem will do your will. What could be happier than that? You're in the hands of Hashem, and He's watching out for you, and He's taking care of you, and He's leading you, and He's directing you, and He's guiding you. And Shomer Hashem is kol love. I want to be always Hashem, I want to love Hashem. Shomer Hashem is kol love. So we go into, and you can think about this every day in Mincha. When you say Ashrei, or every time you say Asher, or every time you think about Simcha, this idea of Simcha is, HaKadosh Baruch is in control. And Hashem looks out for those who look out for Him, so to speak. I am a I Hashem. I hope to be, I try to be, a Yirei Hashem, Ritzon Yirei I try to be an Oev Hashem, Shomer Hashem Eskol Hashem guards and watches out for all those who love Him. Fantastic. So the idea of simcha being in the hands of a Baruch Hu, and knowing that he's watching out for you and, te- and helping you, protecting you and doing your will and uh, and he's with you every step of the way, that should fill us with tremendous simcha. So perhaps the simcha of Tainus Esther is exactly that. As if to say, like, we go into the holiday of Purim, which is uh, part of the whole month of Adar and it, the climax is Purim, and Purim is a time of tremendous, tremendous simcha. But you have to stop and remember what is the true simcha of Purim. The true simcha of Purim is that we are in the hands of Hashem. And that Hashem looks out for all of us. That's exactly what the Mishnah says. The reason why we fast on time is to remember that Hashem answers the calls of those who call out to Him. As if like He took it right, right from Ash, Karov Hashem l'chol karov. That's the idea of Tanus Esther. So if Rashi in Masechus Bracho says that we go into Mincha, when we say Ashrei, the end of Ashrei fills us with great Simcha for this idea, and this is why we fast, that same idea is why we fast on Tanus Esther, so that we understand that Tanus Esther is a time of great Simcha. It's simcha at the same time that I'm fasting. And that's what a Jew does. A Jew is the Simcha because Hashem is with him no matter what. Even if I, if I'm, I So one day I'm supposed to... It's a very Jewish thing, you know? Today be besimcha because you're fasting. Tomorrow be besimcha because you're eating and drinking. Like, what do you want me to do? What's better? Both. Do them both. Do this, this day, that day, that day. Fast this. Go straight from a fast day into a Purim. That's the way, that's, that's our life. Because we're with a Baruch Hu. And therefore, in all of the matzavim of life, in all of the different aspects of life, so we have, we are together with a Baruch Hu. Hashanah points out a similar idea. Um... The Gemara Maseches, Barakos, says the following, that they were once at a wedding. Now, there's nothing happier than a wedding. So, they're at a wedding. These, um, I forget if they were Tanaim or Amorim, And uh, they're at a wedding. And one says to the other, I could look up exactly who the, who the people were. Uh, they're at a wedding. So, the Rabbanon said to Rav, HaMenuna Zuti. Okay, they were Amoraim. Raphamanunazuti, they said and they were at a wedding, and they said, Sing something, make a niggin, tell us, tell us something that will get us in the mood. And so he says, Sure, here we go. Vailanda <clears throat> Mishnah, woe to us, we will die. Vailanda Mishnah, woe to us, we will die. And I've heard a lot of like Jewish music out there and they put it to like these like words from like, that I've never heard of before. I still haven't heard a good niggin for and, demisna, and I still haven't heard a song at a wedding. And all of a sudden... So it doesn't exactly what... There is a source that they say also about breaking a glass at a wedding. Okay, Zechot Tirushalayim. So, what's the whole idea of at a wedding? You know, sing a, sing, sing a good diggin at a wedding. Okay, woe to us, we will die. Woe to us, we will die. So, you could say... That one idea is that that um, no, no <laughs> we don't want to get too carried away at the simcha, right? So, in other words, the, the, what we want to do is we just want to make sure that nobody gets carried away here at this wedding. That you don't go, you know, spend too much time at the open bar, and you should just remember, you, like you have a guy, behind, everyone's standing at the at, at the bar getting their drinks, and then you have like a recording, "Woe to us, we will die," over the course. So, you know. So drink, but like remember that at the same time. But says we have to understand we are all finite, we are all humans, there will be a time we are here to live life. One day we're going to die. What are we going to do now? Right? Eat, drink, and be merry? Because tomorrow? No. What we're going to do is we're going to maximize our life because sometimes the greatest way of achieving simcha is to realise what life is about. And by singing at a wedding, by de "woe, woe to us that we're going to die, it puts us in the right perspective of what is true simcha. We are celebrating the fact, fe- what are we here for? We're here to celebrate a wedding. Why is that so happy? Did you think about it? Why are we, just a, a reason to celebrate? Yo, let's just be happy, that's what everyone else is doing, so let's just be happy. Why are you happy at a wedding? Are you happy because you were invited? Are you happy because there are drinks? Are you happy because there's a band? Are you happy because there's now... A Jewish man and a Jewish woman who are uniting together and will build another generation of Ode, of Odey Hashem, of Jews. What are you happy about? So if you pick the latter, you're correct. If, if that's if you understand that it's about life and about what life is worth living and what life is worth dying for, then that's real simcha. So we celebrate real simcha by dancing around. It's true, but that's not simcha. The simcha isn't dancing. The, the simcha leads us to dancing. So that's what Rav Shav says, about Tat Nesaster, the idea of filling ourselves with simcha, part of filling ourselves with simcha is to take a step back and say that the, simcha, the true simcha of life is to realize, Hashem, you listen to us and you're with us in all of our predicaments. Okay. So, that alone is a, is a tremendous idea. But I want to maybe go a step further and to discuss the idea that uh, Purim is really, Purim is about many things. So, if you had to, if you had to uh, ask, if somebody asked you, what what is Purim about? What is Purim about? So, I would hope you would say, whatever the I don't know, whatever the rabbis told us to do, that's what Purim is about. Like, uh, I'm not here to make up my own things. Purim is about uh, Eretz Yisrael. No, 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 that, that 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 wouldn't make much sense. Purim is about uh, I don't know, make, make, make up whatever it is. Purim should be about whatever they told us. So, what are you supposed to do on Purim? Four things. There's reading the Megillah. There's giving Matanus Levionim. There is Mishloach Manos. And there's Suda's Purim. So, within those four things, we're supposed to figure out what Purim is all about. Okay. So, what is the, uh, what, what do we see in those things? So, one thing for sure we see, as Robert Herschel spoke about, and others, that we certainly see the idea of giving to others. We certainly see the idea of rejoicing, of being happy, of celebrating, and, and giving praise to HaKadosh Baruch Hu through the, the Mikra Megillah. The Gemara in Masagas Megillah has an amazing idea about, about the, what, what, the, what the Megillah really is. The Gemara says, um, how come we don't say then if I'm going over what somebody else said or what somebody will say, I uh, I apologize. But uh, the Gemara asks in Masechus Megillah, how come we don't say halal on Purim? We don't say halal on Purim. We say halol on Chanukah. We say halal on the Shalosh Regalim. We say halal on Rosh Chodesh, that's a Minag. But we don't say halal on Purim. How come we don't say halal on Purim? Question mark? Megillah. What? Kriyasa Zuhilula. Megillah. So the Gemara first gives a different, a, a different answer. Gives three answers. The answer number one is that... Um, Akati Achashverosh we're still Vadim uh, to Achashverosh. So we went from, it's true, we went from annihilation to being saved, that's true, but we went from being under Achashverosh's rule to continuing to be under Achashverosh's rule, and so therefore it wasn't a cause for halal. Number two, is that we only say Halel on that happened in Eretz Yisrael. In Eretz Yisrael. And uh, Purim did not happen in Eretz Yisrael. The yeah, answer so number three is Kriyasa Zuhi Hilula, that the reading of the Megillah is the Halel. The reading of the Megillah is the hollow. So that gives you a perspective of what you should be thinking about when you read the Megillah. I mean the first thing is <laughs> be thinking about the Megillah when you're reading the Megillah. That's a good thing. Okay, always always good. Uh, but in the in the back of our mind we have to understand that this Megillah, that this reading of the Megillah isn't just a mitzvah of, okay, hear it, and everyone should be like Oh, oh, I hope I hear... Don't, did, did I hear every word? Did I not hear every word? Did I hear every word? You know, you, you, you hear the Megillah, but hear it with the perspective of we are... This is the Hallel of Purim. The Hallel of Purim. Rav Yitzchak Hutner, the great Pachad Yitzchak, it was Rosh Sheva, Rosh Sheva's Chaim Berlin in New York, and here and again in Yerushalayim, shiva Sheva Yitzchak in Harnov. Rav Hutner has an amazing idea, which he... Well, he points out like this, that there's a Me'iri, one of the great Rishon of the Me'iri. He says... Based on that Gemara, if you would not have a Megillah on Purim, let's say you have, a, you have a place and they don't have a Megillah to read, or nobody knows how to read the Megillah, so what should you do? So the Miiri says we don't pass in this way. Okay, so please do not do this. Okay, we don't assume this way la Halacha. But the Miiri says, believe it or not, we would say halal." Because the only reason why we don't say Hallel, not the only reason, but one of the reasons we don't say Hallel is because we read the Megillah. And the Megillah is the Hallel of Purim. So the Meiri says, if you wouldn't have a Megillah, so you, the whole Minyan would say Hallel. Because, okay, so we don't have the Megillah as Hallel, so we'll, we'll say, uh, we'll say Hallel. We don't assume that way. But Putner says, why not? Why is the Meiri not correct in the world of Mahshava? Why is the Meiri not correct? Why would you, not say, why would you say that if you don't read the Megillah, or you can have two options, you could do the halal of the Megillah, or you could do halal of, of halal. Why don't you have a choice on this matter? Why would you say that you must read the Megillah as halal? And if not, then, then there's no halal. So, Ruf Huttner explains because the halal of the Megillah is not, you can't see it. You gotta read from the beginning to the end. You gotta, like, read between the lines. The whole thing is hidden. The whole miracle of Torim of, of was hidden. Hidden, it's Hester, and you have to look very, very hard through everything, and then and then you'll see Yad Hashem. So the whole miracle of Purim is hidden. So the Halel of Purim is also hidden. It's a din in the Halel. The Halel of Purim is like the Nase of Purim. So it has to be that we don't read the Halel straight out. We read the Halel through, via the reading of the Megillah. Okay? Very beautiful idea. So we have the Halel of the Megillah. So, so what do we do on Purim? Okay, there's the Megillah, which is praising Al Baruch Hu for the nais. And then there's e- eating a Surah's Purim, which is thanking Hashem for the nais and celebrating it. And then there's Mishraq uh, Manasem, which is giving gifts to friends. And giving gifts to the poor. That's nice. Okay, very good. So that's what Purim is. And if anybody tells you otherwise, they are incorrect. Because how could it, that's That's what they told you to do on Purim, these four things. And so therefore, these are the four things we have to focus on. Yet we find that Purim, in many of the Holy svarim takes on a totally different character. And that is, it's a day, well, based on the Gemara Masechus, Shabbos, that says, that when we were given the Torah, we were forced. Hashem took the mountain, held held it over our heads, and said, accept this Torah, or I will drop this mountain on you. Shem tehekvuraschem. So we accepted it, the Ones. We accepted it under duress against our will. So therefore, modar So therefore, if we ever mess up, we can always say that. Uh, listen, we didn't really want to accept this Torah anyway; it was forced upon us. So how how, uh, how 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 much could you hold against us, Hashem, for violating the Torah? We never really accepted it uh, willingly to begin with. That's great. Could we say that? No. Why? Because the Purim. Because the Gemara says, "Hadar kibluah Bime they went back and they accepted the Torah again in the days of Achashverosh, as the Megillah says, "Kimu vekiblu haYehudim alei vialzaram." That the Jewish people kimu vekiblu, and the Gemara Darshins kimu mashikiblu kvar, that they reaccepted upon themselves that which they had already accepted in the past. That there was a re-acceptance of the Torah in the days of Purim. Purim was a Matan Torah, and that's our Torah. Meaning, if somebody asks you, "Why do we keep the Torah nowadays?" So, of course, it all started at Matan Torah. It's true. However, it's Matan Torah together with Purim. That's the Torah that we have in our hands today. Because the acceptance at Har Sinai was kind of against our will, but at the acceptance in the time of the Purim—that's what we still have. That's the res- residual Matan Torah that we have. That was done me'avas anesis. Rashi says, from the love of the miracle that happened to us at the time, we reaccepted the Torah upon ourselves. There was a re-mass acceptance of the Torah in the times of Purim, to the extent that Purim is like a day of the receiving of the Torah. Who says this? So one source uh, that I found was uh, Chida, the great Chaim, Rab Chaim Yosef David Azulai, who lived in the city of Chevron. A few hundred years ago. So the Chidah writes that the day of Purim is like the day of Simchas Torah. The Rama writes that on Purim we should dress up in Shabbos clothes. Okay, listen. I don't mean. I don't. Who's the guy that stole the other holiday? You know, I don't mean to be like the guy who who came who comes along and like ruins Purim for everybody. I really don't. Okay, but um, and Purim certainly there is a source. For, for dressing up. So, but on the other, so, but on the other hand, the Ramah says you should dress in Big Day Shabbos and on Purim. So, how are you supposed to do both of those things? So, you'll figure it out. Okay, in any event, the point is, Big Day Shabbos and why are you dressing, did you do that on Hanukkah? Did you dress in Big Day Shabbos and on Hanukkah? I mean, maybe, maybe somebody did. I don't know. You know, it's, uh, but uh, I, di- I, don't, I didn't see people dressing up in Big Day Shabbos and on Hanukkah, but I did, I do see them dressing up that on Purim. So why is that? So the Chiddah explains because this is like Kabbalah Satorah day. You have to dress up. This is we are, re- we are now as the Jewish people reaccepting the Torah upon ourselves again in this Purim. Wow, that's why we dress up. In when Big Day, that's why you should dress You should dress in holy Shabbos and Yom Tov clothing on Purim because precisely it's a day of Kabbalah Satorah. If it was just a day of miracle, well Hanukkah was also a miracle, but here it's a day of, 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 of Kabbalah Satorah. Fascinating. Another fascinating source is that uh, there's a very famous Tzfas Emes, it could be many of you have heard it before. The fas Emes says that there are three, we know there's Shalosh Regalim, there are three Yamim Tovim from the Torah. There's Pesach and Shavuos and Sukos. And uh there are three Rabbinic holidays. In in correlation to the three Torah holidays, there are three Rabbinic holidays. Chanukah, Purim, and a holiday TBA. And a holiday to be announced later. Some might say it's already been announced, but he says, the, the Sassamis says a holiday to be announced, La'asid Lava, that will take place, that will take place on Tisha B'Av. So the holiday that corresponds to, uh, so Purim, says the Sassamis, Purim corresponds to Shavuos. And Chanukah corresponds to, uh, to Sukkos. And there will be a holiday, Laos that will correspond to Pesach. Okay, that's what the Sasemah says. But you hear what he's saying? He's saying, you now Hanukkah and, and, uh, and Sukkot we'll wait for the next Yom Yomiyun, and then maybe we can talk about the connection between Chanukah and Sukkot. They certainly come, you know, come close to each other. They both have eight days. You say full haul on eight days. There's a different uh, 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 offering every day in the Mizveach, a different amount of Hare HaChad. And on Chanukah there's a different amount of candles if you do Mahadrin, Mina Mahadrin. So there are many comparisons between the Khanukkah and Sukkot. And it says in the Sefer HaMakabim that they came into the Beis Hamikdash and they made it an eight-day holiday because they had missed Sukkot. And the closest holiday that, meaning they came in, it was a few months on Hafei Kislev, that was a few months after Sukkis they had missed Sukkis, so they went and they made Hanukkah into an 8 day holiday as if to make up for Sukkis so Hanukkah and Sukkis, I got and the holiday of Pesach the Gu'ula of Bitzrayim and the Gu'ula La Silava, which will happen on Tisha B'Av that I got I mean, I don't know what, don't know what it is yet but it will happen Shvulos and Korim, what's that all about? oh because ki'mu v'kiyavlu, because the Jewish people accepted upon themselves the Torah as they did then, they did it again now. So there is a reacceptance of the Torah on on Purim, just like on Shuvah. So there is a Purim Shuvah connection. Yeah, I remember when I when we were I was learning in uh, Smicha. So one of the things, one of the topics you have to learn in Smicha, in at least where I got Smicha from, was Yoridea, and Hilchas uh, Vaser B'Khalav, laws of meat and milk together. So the laws of meat and milk together. This fascinating halacha, which is, if you have milk that's not milk, yeah. So you was like milk that's not milchitz. Well, now we have meat that's not meat, <laughs> and and so you can have milk that's not milk. So, but but, but there's a problem of maris Ayan. There's a problem that it might it looks it looks bad. So if you have let's say almond milk, and you can't re- like it, wow it's, that looks like milk, and you have meat and that looks like meat. And uh, so mixing them together is mutter. It's 100% okay. It's not. It's not uh, you know real milk. But yet there's a problem because it looks bad. So you have to put a few sha- sh- uh, almond shavings on uh, on on the milk, and, as if to announce to everyone that this is not regular milk. Or you put the bottle of almond milk on the table. Whatever it is. I don't have any great recipes for uh, meat with almond milk. But maybe maybe you do. And. The, the the greatest commentator on Yisholchan Aruch, his name was the Shach, the Siv Kohen. He writes in somewhere in, in that discussion about uh, eating parv, having parv milk and meat. He says, and this is what I eat on Purim. So interesting, he eats meat with almond milk on Purim, and I think he said Simchas also. Meat, meat with uh, meat and almond milk. So now, the Shach and, and kosher.com they, like, like, the, the, like what's he giving, why is he offering this piece of information? So I always, I was, I just, so I always thought I, I never read, read this by anybody but I just always figured that it was like that Purim was like a day like Shavuos and he was eating, like, like on Shavuos we we'd Milchik's. Why do we eat Milchik's? Because we were given the Torah. and oh, But we, So we can't we, we didn't have time to kosher all the pots and whatever so we had Milchik's and we didn't have flesh because it's one of the reasons why we have uh why we have dairy foods on shavuos. So the kind of a uh, kind of like thing that on Purim he also like celebrated Basir Bakalov. He celebrated the giving of the Torah by having meat and not milk together. Yeah? So what, what he, he's gonna have meat and he's gonna say, you see, I'm just eating meat and I'm not having milk with it. No. He took milk that wasn't milk and he ate it together with the meat. So fascinating. So, And there are many, many, many sources. Purim is a time of Kabbalah Satorah. It's a time of reaccepting the Torah upon ourselves just like they did. How do you see that they reaccepted the Torah upon themselves? Because they made a whole new Megillah out of it. They made a whole new book of Tanakh. They made a whole new Masakhtah. A whole new section of Shulchan Aruch. Hundreds of people have written Svarim on Purim. So, when you when you add on... We're not allowed to add on to the Torah. But when you say, I want more Torah, then it means, I certainly like what we got already, and I just want more. So when you say, we want more, that solidifies what we have already. So when we said, we want more, we want more books of Tanakh, we want another, we want more Halacha, we want more mitzvahs to do, that is a reaccepting of Torah upon, them, upon ourselves. Okay. So now... So we have Purim as a day of the reaccepting of Torah upon ourselves. A day of kimu ve A day where the, the Mefarshim tell us also, la yehudim haisa ora, the simcha v'sasun v'yikar, and ora zu torah. It happens to be that uh, simcha is yom tov, and sason is Mila and Yakar are tefillin. Okay? So, everybody walking around on Purim, you wear Tfillin on Purim, and you have a bris meal. I mean... You walk around with your Rizmila on Purim, that's great, and then you celebrate, it's like a Yom Tov. Ah. It happens to be that the to- so of all things, the Torah of Purim seems to be like, that's the thing you find least on Purim. When you look around and see how people celebrate Purim and act on Purim, the thing you find the least of is Torah. This is funny, because it's a day of reacceptance of the Torah. It's a day of <laughs> and Rashi says, because Haman forbade us from learning Torah. You would think, Haman just wanted to kill all the Jews. Well, uh, he also forbade us from learning Torah and then he wanted to kill us. So the day of Purim is a reacceptance of the Torah. It's a celebration that now we can learn Torah. It's, an ex- it's a celebration of the fact that the Jewish people wanted and accepted the Torah out of love in the days of in the days of Purim. So, two questions. Number one, how come we don't see people doing this on Purim? We see dressing up. We see Purim spiel I hope everyone's preparing one. Uh, we see a, a lot of Mishloach Manos. A lot, a lot, a lot of Mishloach Manos, depending on who you are and where you are and where you live, but it could t- turn out to be a lot. To all those who I... Alright, we'll, 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 we'll return back to the Yeshiva students in a moment. Um, now again, Matanas Lev is great. He's the Mitzvot Sayom. But we see, that, and we see that a lot of people are drinking, and a lot of people are, are very, very happy, and this is all good. This is all good, Rabo says, all good. But like, w- so what happened to the Torah? What happened to the Torah? And, and another thing, though, is, um, if, the Torah, if the acceptance of the Torah is so important, then how come you have these four mitzvos? and I don't really see that so much? You know, Mishuach Manos, Matanas Lev eating the Sudas Purim, and, and the Mikra Megillah. So like, they should have made a, a all-night learning, like Shua's night, you know? Maybe, maybe we should do that. Maybe uh, Chappelle should be the uh, initiator of the all-night uh, Purim, Purim learning, staying up all night on Purim to learn Okay, should I ask everyone have a nice day? No, no, no. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a thought, it's a thought, it's a thought. Um, it is wonderful that in many places they, they have, let's, they have child, father and son alert learning, and they make sure to set aside an, an hour, or, or whatever, on Purim, for, for learning, and it's, and it's very good, and at night. Uh, anyway, I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just venting, and I appreciate that you're all, all listening to me about this. But uh, I want want to say like this, a few things. First of all, the very fact that you can look at the mitzvahs of Purim and not see the Torah in there is just because you're not thinking through the right glasses. Because when we read the Megillah, so it's true, Kriyasa Zul we're thanking Hashem for the miracle. But we're also reading a book of Torah. A book of Torah that would not have been if not for the people in the time of Purim. So appreciate, there is so much more Torah in the world when you read the Megillah, thank you Hashem for the miracle of Purim, for saving the Jewish people, and for giving us a Torah that will go on forever. And now we have this Megillah that is, that is eternal, just like the rest of the Torah. Amazing. Uh, when we, when we uh, celebrate, when we have that Su'udas so, Purim, so we're so happy, and we're, so, we're, we're dancing, and we're, and we're joyous, and we're drinking. About what? I return to what we spoke about at the beginning. About what? What are we happy about? So we're certainly happy about the miracle. I'm sure that's what everyone is thinking when they're drinking on Purim. Happy for the miracle. And uh, it's not a self, self-serving at all. And uh, not amongst this, this, this crowd. For sure not. The, 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 but to keep in mind, it's the Suda's are just like on Shavuos. Shavuos is the one holiday that the Gemara says, you must have a meal. You must have a meal on Shavuos. And according, it says in is talking, because that's the day the Torah was given. And everybody knows the question. That's the day the Torah was given, so that's the day that we should like go up on Har Sinai and not eat or drink, like Moshe Rabbeinu. No, no, no. That's the day that we should celebrate to understand that our body and our soul, our neshama are connected through the Torah and how happy we are. So you have to feed the beast. Feed the, feed the goof to be happy. Because that's what, to, but happy in that way. Look at what we have. We have the greatest gift ever possible—the connection to a Baruch Hu. Every time, every time when we open up a gemara. So I know it's like breaking teeth and this word hacha, hasam, And like But you have to stop and think every single day. Wow, I'm pouring the wisdom of Hakadosh Baruch Hu into my heart and soul every single time I sit down and learn in the base madras. Wow, that's amazing. What a tremendous gift. Let's celebrate. So certainly, you should celebrate every day. Alan, maybe we've got to celebrate every day here. Okay? So, um, so uh, listen, Mazel Adar Dagim. The fish is the Mazel of Adar. So maybe there'll be more herring and more herring. So the, 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 But the, to celebrate our learning, to be so happy with it. Think about it on Purim. Be so happy that we are the... The carriers of the Torah, it's a tremendous, tremendous thing. Um Mishloach Manos and Matanos of Now, Mishloach Manos, that's an interesting thing. You send gifts, so of course you send gifts because we want to increase friendship. It says, Matanos, Mishloach Manos, Ish, ehu Ish, ehu Ish, ehu. It's interesting, Um we spoke about this in our shul a few weeks ago. In Parshas Mishpatim, it says, and we're learning about Kama, it says, <laughs> It as Says when a Shor gores Shor So, how do you translate that? <laughs> when a when a gores Shor How do you translate that? When the shore of a person gores the shore of his friend. So, the Ibn Ezra, one of the great commentators on Chumash. He he brings down a uh, I believe he was a Karite from another class right Ben Zuta he, he, I thought, okay anyway he brings down he says there was a commentary Ben Zuta, and he says was, in his commentary on Chumash he said the short each he translated it that when a man shore gores his friend the shore not his friend's ox but his friend the ox shorei his friend the ox. So the Ibn Ezra says that's not what it means. It doesn't mean his friend the ox. It means the ox that belongs to his friend. And the only friend that this Ben has is that ox. <laughs> I, I kid you not. Yeah. So so uh, so I once so I once heard what is the Ibn Ezra picking on this like, he, he probably made many mistakes. What's he, what's he like making fun of him that he messed up on Shorayahu? He probably messed up on a lot of things. What is, what's he pointing out? So he's pointing out that the word re'ah, meaning friend, Raphutner writes that the, the word re'ah, friend, like v'avta the Shoresh reish-ayin, we know well, that means bad, right? It means ra. So how could friend be, be mean bad? So he says, no, that's not what the word ra means. Ra means something which is broken. Shavur—that's what Ra means. If you have a rickety ladder, that's called a sulam ra'uah. If you have—that's a rickety ladder. If you have a, um, a t'kiah on Rosh Hashanah, and if you have a truah, it's a broken up uh, t'kiah. It's 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 a shavur, it's shvarim. It's broken up. So something which, there's something bad in this world. It's just broken up. It's broken off of the good. <laughs> A person's friend, their re'ah, your friend is a broken-off piece of you. Did you know that? Your friend is a broken-off piece of you. If you view them as a broken-off piece of you, then you can f- uh, appropriately fulfill the hafta <laughs> l're'ah Because they, you understand that they're your reya, they're your broken-off piece. If a person understands that their friend is their broken heart piece, then we have a chance of achieving what they did in Har Sinai, which is where the people camped together and there were that they all joined together. Like the word for a Talmud Chacham in the Mishnah is a Chaver, And the Rambam says because only a Talmud Chacham could be a tr- really cares, is really interested in being Mekhaber to you. You know, like a friend means a khaber. But most of our friends, at least certain types of friends, are not really friends. They're not really chaverim. They don't really care to connect to us. They just use us or whatever. So that, that, that that's, those friends, those aren't real friends. Friends who care about you. Friends who view that they that they, that you they're a part of you. Those are real friends. Those are real chaverim, real re'ehu. And when we really view each other ish l so then we have the ability to achieve an achdus. That will there, thereby increase our ability to receive the Torah, because achdus, because togetherness is a precursor for receiving of the Torah. And matanus Lev Yonim, the, the madras tells us that the Torah is chilasa chesed vesofa chesed. The Torah begins with chesed, and it ends with chesed. It begins with chesed that a Baruch Hu gave clothes to Adam and Chava. Good question. Why he doesn't say the greatest chesed of Hashem is that he created the world. But he gave clothing to Adam and Chava. It begins with chesed. sofa chesed. And the big end of it is chesed. That's why we read Rus on Shavuos. To, the idea of chesed. That Rus was the mother of chesed, of doing chesed. Boaz, chesed, everything's chesed because it's the day of Torah. The day of Torah and the day of chesed have to go together because the Torah is chesed from beginning to end. And therefore the Matanas Yonin, that we have is also an act of chesed that solidifies our Torah. So what we've shown today uh, is the following. We are in the month of Adar, the month of Adar is full of simcha. The simcha of life is the simcha that allows us to live together with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, realizing that He cares about us, He watches over us, listens to our Tfilos. There could be no greater simcha than that. That simcha might lead you to dance, it might lead you to sing, it might lead you to dance on top of a car. But, it is not Simcha itself. It is the feeling that Hashem is with us every step of the way. That is the Simcha. And that is certainly the Simcha of Purim. and it's certainly the Simcha of the month of Adar. I, on the 13th of Adar, in the middle, comes in a, a fast day, and all of a sudden everyone is like fasting. So don't do the thing like most people do, which is, it's a fast day, but we're gonna be, but it's a, it's a happy one. No, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a fast day that pulls out the true idea of simcha, which is that when we're in time of need, we call out to Hashem and He answers us. Ooh, that's great simcha. That is the simcha of Tanis Esther. That is not a break in the, in the happiness of Adar. It is part and parcel of the whole happiness of Adar. So the simcha of Purim and the simcha of Adar and the whole simcha of Tanis Esther and all of that is that Hashem is with us. Now, there is no greater way of connecting to Hashem than through the Torah. And Purim is that day that Baruch Hu said, Because I love you so much and because you recognize the miracle so much, here is an opportunity to reaccept the Torah. So we reaccept the Torah upon ourselves on Purim, we dress up on Purim, we dress nicely, you can eat almond milk and and, and uh, meat together, you can do all sorts of things. The most important thing to do is learn Torah, to appreciate and to love it. I, how come they didn't make that one of the four mitzvos? And what do the four mitzvahs have to do with the receiving of the Torah? So we explain. The four mitzvos have to do with Torah. Mikra Megillah. That's Torah. Suda's Purim. Celebrating the fact that we were saved and that we have the Torah. And that, we, that that's what keeps us going through all of this. That's happiness. That's the Suda of Purim. Mishroach Manos. To be a rea, rea with someone else. To connect to them. Because we were all standing at Harsina together. Yeah, I saw you there at, at Sinai. I, we were all there. We were all part of it. So that, we were all splintered off from the same neshama, the same neshama that was there at Harsinai. So we're doing that because we want to get back to that point. And, and the idea of chesed is because Torah without chesed is just not Torah. So what happened to all the Torah on Purim? So that's the question we really have to have to think about. Again, I don't mean to ruin Purim for anybody. And I, I must admit, in my... In, in the wool family Purim, there is not much time for learning. Hashem, there uh, I think last year we piled up about uh, even with our Mishoach Manos project, we still piled up 90 other Mishoach Manos that we had to give and receive. And my wife has, uh, you know, like a whole spreadsheet of and you go here and it's like a whole team and you go down that block and they are like, but, but you missed the gold burgers. And you're like, but I'm sure they don't care. And all no, they do... <laughs> And it becomes like a whole thing. So like, well, wait a second. So can, can I just learn from a, no. And, uh, and there are people coming to the door and they're collecting staka and they're going around and this and that. It's a very, very, very busy day. And I wish I was you. I wish that I could be learning in yeshiva. And I didn't have so many obligations to, to and I could just sit and learn on Purim. And that Purim night, after you, after you have the and after you have the masiba and sushi, what, whatever, it, after, whatever, whatever it is, yeah? There's so much extra time. What are you going to do with that time? Yeah? So, so so I highly, highly, highly recommend and I wish it upon myself and khri uh, isbarak that we should all have time on Purim to sit down and learn something we enjoy learning and we love learning and we'll appreciate learning. And kimu V'Kiblu, if you on Purim, and with this we'll close, if you on Purim make a Kabbalah, an acceptance of something that I to learn on Purim, or I make an acceptance on Purim. You know, I'm gonna I know to say I'm, I'm gonna learn a Mishnah a day, two Mishnahs a day, whatever it is. Yeah. So every single time, every single day, what, 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 why do I why do I why did I do that? Why did I take upon myself a Mishnah a day, two missions a day, one halacha a day, two halachas a day, one halacha of Shmiras Olas? Why did I do that? Oh, oh I remember it was Purim, <laughs> and I was really drunk, so I made that. cup. No, it was Purim. <laughs> And I, oh, I, I can go back and remember, oh, it was Purim that I took on this extra little part. I know everyone is learning and everyone is maxing out their time. But maybe, maybe, maybe there's some extra, some some little tweak to our learning that we could do to make it a little better and a little more. And we say, and, and on Purim, in the height of our Purim Suda, we say, and that's what I'm going to do to be Makabal the Torah more upon myself, just like my ancestors did in the time of Purim. And with that, you take Purim with you for the rest of the year and the rest of your life. Have a wonderful Purim.